under the dust. Just click over. That's the, there you go. Um, so I want to read from this little piece of paper that has the Bible kind of broken up with highlights and stuff like that. So well, you can follow along with your Bible translation, um, whichever one you feel more comfortable with. Uh, in the days when Yahweh made the land and the sky and skies, now no shrub of the field was yet in the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the land, and there was no human to work the ground. But a stream or a flow uh, would would go up from the land, and it would water the whole face of the ground. And Yahweh God formed the human of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils and breathed the breath of life, and the human became a living being. That's as far as we're going to get today. Um, This is a narrative really describing the origin of the human story. And um, so for readers throughout history... It's left them, and you can go back and read all kinds of commentaries on this. It's left them asking, you know, how am I supposed to understand this? Uh, do I believe, is it an actual, like, someone went out and snapped a Polaroid or filmed it and says, this, you know, is this, um, is it, you know, to, am I supposed to uh, picture a, a, this, some state of the planet without any um, plans, things like photosynthesis? Uh, it's just dirt. Um, and before any of that, God came down and took some visible form, um, physical form, and he took some dirt and he lumped it like a kid, like you're playing out on the sand castle and, and he formed man. And, uh, if uh, that's typically called the literal interpretation and then people who think, wow, I don't really think that's how it happened. Uh, we put them in a category of interpretive or non-literal, uh, metaphorical. Um, and then we kind of have these conversations about that. That's not the conversation I want to have today. <laughs> um, what I want to do is I just kind of want to study the words. So we're going to look at some Hebrew. <laughs> and I want to I study the words and... Um, and study the form that it's written in, and study how dust relates to humans in the scriptures, and just kind of see what happens. Um, so I don't want to like prejudge, is this literal, or is this non-literal, or is this, I think this is the wrong conversation. Um, I'm going to focus in on what is the author trying to communicate. That's, that's what I want to, well, the conversation I want to have. Um, okay? So, um, formed, formed from the dust. There you go. Let's start with that. Um, we'll start with the verb uh, to form. Uh, yatsar. Um, so we've got dust. We've got water, um, so we've got some kind of clay, right? Mud, clay. That's what happens when you mix dust and water, because that's what it says in the scriptures right here, right? 
a flow or a stream would go up from the land and it would water the whole face of the ground and Yahweh would take the dust of the ground. So there's a mixture of the life-giving water, the, the water of life mixing with the dust. And so you got some kind of water, mud, clay going on here. And he, um, and, and he would yetzar. There are 45 occurrences of this verb in the Hebrew Bible. Um, so let's start by looking at a couple, huh? That's, that sounds like how we, how we should define what that word means. Um, Second Kings, here's, I just pulled out a couple of examples. Um, in the book of Second Kings, the, the king of Assyria has surrounded Jerusalem, and Yahweh says, uh, through the prophet Isaiah, uh, he says, hey, listen, um, you think you're the king of the world, right? Because that's, um, but I, I planned long ago that you would come here. And I knew you would, uh, you would come here and, and, and uh, you're not going to take over this city. Um, I actually used the King James for this one because it, it had uh, the word I was looking, the translation I was looking for. <laughs> um, other translations, obviously every translation uses different words in English. Um, so, you know, and, and, and Yahweh says, so it's, it's God saying this, um, hast thou not heard how long I have done it? Or um, long ago from days of old um, and ancient of times, I, 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 I formed it. Um, and, and things are coming to pass, is what he's saying there. Um, I planned for you. He's telling the Assyrian king, I've already planned this out. This is something, but I formed it. Um, and that's the same word, yatsar. Um, so God, not only can God form something physical, but he also can form like a series of events. It's not a, it's not a, a material substance here, is it? This is... Uh, events from uh, this is a a plan. This is a um, so this isn't just physical form. Uh, Isaiah twenty seven eleven. Uh, when it it, it uh, when its limbs are dry and broken off, women come and make fire with them, for they are not the maker of discernment. For their maker will, will have compassion on them. Their creator will ha- not ha- be gracious. Um, therefore, their, um, that word, their maker, um, in the Hebrew is actually their, uh, the, the former, the person who forms, the yatsar. And um, the whole people, Israel, uh, Israel is formed by God in this passage. All of Israel. Um, there's another one in Isaiah uh, 43 1 um, God is the one who uh, this translation uses the word creates, created you the word there is guess what Yatsar. <laughs> that's the word to form God is the one who formed you. And what, who's being formed there? 
Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, the one who do not fear. It's um, a story of how about how God he he created this in Isaiah four three. It's he created um, them from slavery because they um, he brought them to the mountain and made a covenant with them. Um, so he formed Yatzad Israel. Um, Uh, here's another fun one in Isaiah. Um, there we go, Isaiah f- f- uh, 45, 18. Um, this is what the Lord says, the creator of heaven's God who formed the earth and made it. And then that word earth is the same word we've seen before, meaning like the lands, like all of the land. Um so something um, the land as a whole. So we, we so so far we've seen God form humankind somehow. We've formed, he's formed plans, he's formed ideas, he's formed nations, he's formed um, so the word form there kind of means a whole bunch of things. Um, he forms them in the cosmos. In uh, Amos, um, well, he, uh, no, yeah, Amos seven is it where he forms the? Con- uh, let's see, yeah, there it is. Seven one's the one where he forms the the cosmos. Uh, um, no, he forms the mountains in Amos seven and the cosmos, which you know the whole thing is the cosmos and. Uh, he forms the swarming locusts. Uh, we don't have to fo- read all of these. I put way, you know I put a bunch of these on here. <laughs> um, he f- bree- He forms in, in Zechariah. I like this one. Um, this is Zechariah uh, uh, twelve one. Um, he laid the foundations of earth and he formed the. The, the breath of a human, the, the, the ruach of human, the, the, the breath, the spirit of human. Um, um, so, uh, you know, I, I guess what I was, as I'm reading all this, um, the word form means something very different than we mean in English. Like English, it's... it's uh, um, it's very literal, like building kind of thing, right? Construction kind of thing. And uh, um, it's a Hebrew word that can refer to created material objects, or it could be a much broader sense of God ordering the chaos, uh, cosmos and, and uh, putting things in the right place. Um, so that's, the, um, that's kind of the, so when we see this, it says he formed man. And we, so we can so we can say okay that means he came down physically and he like played with the dirt and okay you could say that but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Hebrew means that because he can form it he formed I mean he form how did he form Israel did he come and like mold Israel no he came down and he 
pulled one person out, Abraham, and he pulled a family out, and he, like, and he built a nation out of these people and their mistakes and their rights, and he says, okay, you're Jacob, you're going to be termed Israel, and he's going to have kids, and, and the whole nation gets formed over this great deal of time. Um, so when we say, what's the literal meaning? That's why I don't like when I have that conversation, what's, how is this literal? Is this literal or non-literal? Because the Hebrew doesn't tell us. It just says God did it. <laughs> and so it can mean like he physically... Um, I have some issues with that because, uh, you know, Jesus seems to be the physical incarnation of, of God, and, but the, he, at the same time, it does say he walks in the garden, so what's, whatever that means. Um, but but, it, but the, 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 the verb, as you study through it, it it's, it's more of a, it's a bigger thing. It's bigger. It doesn't really tell us exactly how it was done, just that God did it. And so he could have done it physically right there in that moment, or he could have used natural things that he's already created inside of physics and, and done it that way too. The Hebrew isn't, isn't, doesn't, the Hebrew doesn't care. <laughs> I know we want to have that conversation because we like, you know, what about Dharma and, and evolution? and Well, it's not about detail. It's about we're putting it in a conversation that it doesn't have. It's not in that conversation. God did it. That's all that matters. <laughs> Uh, we'll get there. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, let's hold off on that one. <laughs> uh, I tell you, we're only going to get through the dust right now. Um, so, so, uh, so I think that the conversation we need to be having is what are they trying to say? Because the Hebrew is very different than saying, hey, this is what the conversation we want to have. It just says God formed man. However he, however he did it, it doesn't matter. He formed the human that he, and were there other humans already on earth and he picked out two or one from that people, you know, that's not a conversation that the Hebrew people are like, we don't care. They're, they're saying, okay, God has formed the human out of dust and he's going to pluck them out of the garden, right? That's what we talked about, out of the, out of, out of it. And we already mentioned that and he's going to put him Plant him in the garden. And there's that, that, that imagery that he's going to plant them in the garden. And there's also another imagery that he's going to noach in the garden. Remember that we already had that conversation. And so there's this idea. Um, so, and, and he says it's from Yahweh formed human of the dust of the ground. Dust, that's a, another fun one. Um, dust is, is, is popular uh, it's, it's, it's where we were taken so it's where we end up right yeah. dust to the dust to the dust to lie um, so it's, it's where we're going so, so dust often represents and a lot of times in the scripture when we talk about the dust it also often represents death and um, and, and, and mortality um, 
jump ahead just tad, Genesis chapter 3, you will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground for you were taken from it and you for you are dust. Uh, so dust here is both the origin and the destiny of human beings. Um, it's, it's, it's what, he's, what they're doing there in, the, in that very picture as they say, it's where you started and it's where you end. It's talking about the mortality of human beings. That we die. Interesting enough, there's it's, it's like there's a weakness, a frailty. Um, your earth stuff comes and it goes. Um, a lot of times when we like to, we have this image in our head that when God created Adam, human, it was eternal. And then it fell and it became dust. But it starts with dust. It starts with dust. And there's something really, I've had to wrestle with this. And I, every now and then, even when I'm preaching, I still go back to this idea um, often. Uh, and I fall myself, myself going back to it. <laughs> uh, because I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's so ingrained in me. I, when I grew up, the way I, I grew up, you know, you, we were human beings, were created perfect, immortal, and, and then we messed up and we lost all that. And so, but that's, that's, that's just less than the image that we're actually painted here. We're painted something more. God started us. They, we started as mortal. And then something happens. Uh, uh, that's, well, we're going to Adam there. And God says that, when you're, when you're quoting there is, is at, when he speaks to Abraham, he says, uh, you're going to have more descendants than there are sands on the seashore than there are stars in the heavens. Uh, yeah. Um, Job. Who doesn't like Job, right? If we're going to talk about mortality, that's the man right there. Um, Job describes humans as somebody who lives in a house of clay and the foundations in the dust. I like this. This is great imagery. Who are crushed like a moth. So, so the idea here is, is like if, you know, like your house of card, it, it, uh, if a, mo- a moth could come and land on you and you'll die. <laughs> That's the imagery that he's painting here in Job. <laughs> um, uh, there's this, you know, like you're so we're so fragile that a dust uh, a moth can knock us over. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's Job. You know, we think we're so powerful, and then um, you know those little those little butterfly wings, and watch out, you're done for. Um, uh, Job uh, 10, uh, your hands have shaped me and formed me. You, your hands fashioned me and made me. Um, remember, you made me um, as clay. Uh, that's what it says there. Remember, you have made me as clay. Uh, would, you would turn me back into dust again? Um, Job is saying that he's made of clay um, here, ponder this, you know, 
Job here is saying that he's made of clay. Now, I'm pretty sure Job had a mom. Uh, um, so in the biblical language, this is something we have to keep in mind. In the biblical language, the way the Bible, because the, 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 we have to put ourselves in their language, right? In the biblical language, a person who is born from a mom and a dad can still call themselves as dust, as clay. Um, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. A lot of times we want to say, well, you're either formed in the dust like Adam, you know, know, come down in miraculous, or you're not. And that's not in the biblical mindset. They're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Um, To be dust is, um, well, Yeah, look at all that, right? I'm going to read through it. This is uh, a quote from a man named John Walton. Um, He's a scholar who's done a lot of of work. Um, He writes mostly for the conservative Protestant audience. Um, To begin reading the early Genesis narrative in their literary context, and he's He's actually very much for people that are not necessarily scholars. Um, John Walton in um, his, uh, his books, uh, well, he has, it's like the Lost series. This is the Lost World of Adam. Uh, um, but he has like the Lost World of Genesis. He has the Lost World of, and he has a whole book series on this. And they're pretty good books. Um, so, I, and I, so I like the way he summarized it, so I went ahead and, uh, and quoted it. Um, if we are all formed of dust, yet at the same time born of a mother through a normal birth process, we can see that being formed of dust, while true of each of us, is not a statement of our material origins. One can be born of a woman, yet still formed from dust All of us are. That means even though Adam is formed from dust, he could still have been born of a woman. Formed from dust is not a statement of material origins for any of us. And there's no reason to think that the statement of Adam's material origins, for Adam as for all of us, that we are formed from dust makes a statement about our identity as mortals since it is pertaining to all of us as an archetypal. What's an archetype? You do not know. That's archetype. Um, it's not the first time I've mentioned it. Uh, it actually comes from two Greek words. Um, it's, a, it's an English word, uh, but it actually comes from the Greek words. Uh, arch means first in Greek. Um, and, uh, and, 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 uh, or so beginning first, um, and the word, uh, tupas, which is where we get the word type from means pattern. So first pattern or beginning of the pattern. Um, so it's, it's an event, a person or a place, um, that will set the series of the pattern, begin the pattern, um, 
And we, we have lots of examples of archetypes in our lives, you know, um, what sets the, the beginning of the pattern. Um, and we read them all over throughout the Bible, like um, Moses, he's the first prophet. So he's like the archetypal prophet. Or, um, um, you know, Adam is the archetypal of man. He represents all mankind. And Paul pulls on that imagery as he says, one man we have all fallen. Like, from one all man we've all fallen. Uh, so one man we've all risen. Um, and um, so, I mean, so yeah, first of the pattern. So, um, so John Walton here is pointing out that, that they're not, I'm dust, uh, that we're all dust. Um, we are all Adams. <laughs> Adams, the word yeah, Adam means human, right? Uh, it doesn't become a proper name quite yet. Uh, it's not a proper name yet. It's uh, Adams. Uh, we, because uh, it's uh, where we're all uh, fallen. So if we're all formed of, uh, of dust, uh, it's all about mortality. Humans are mortal. Um. I like the imagery, because what that, that makes me think about is if, if we're all dust, right? That means something else has to happen for us to be immortal. What is that? Jesus, right? That's what the Bible's about, right? Jesus. Jesus has to happen. Um, so God, uh, God's going to Noah, Noah, the humans in the garden, and in the center of that garden is going to be the tree of life, that place that we can have eternal life from that tree. It only comes from that tree. Um, there's a reason Jesus' imagery is about him dying on a tree. Uh, <laughs> uh, we stole from the tree. He died on the tree. You know, there's there's... There's, there's the reason, you know, God's eternal life, there's that, that if we're going to have that, we have to have that tree of life. Um, that has to be there. That has to be present. That's why when we get kicked out of the garden because we failed, we're going to die. We no longer have access to that tree. Um. Isaiah 44, uh, 1 through 4. Um, and now, listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, who I've chosen. Um, this is the word of, of the Lord, your maker, the one who formed you in, from the womb. He will help you. Do not fear, Jacob, my servant. Yesron whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on this thirsty land and streams of the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offsprings. They will sprout among the grass like po uh, poplars by a flowing streams. The idea in the Hebrew mindset is that no life happens outside of God, the living stream of God. 
that, that streams of life, that God. Remember in, the, in Genesis chapter 1, right? There's water, water. It's chaotic water, right? God creates a place for mankind, create, you know, separates water from water, but then water springs forth, and now it's no longer chaotic water. It's life-giving water. Why? What's the difference? Well, God's there. His spirit hovers like a, a, a bird over the, the waters. And, and so his, his spirit's there and God's there. That's, that's why water has life. And so the idea is, is and we're going to see this imagery, uh, probably won't get to it today, um, in the ancient Near East culture that whoever gives the water is not just giving water, giving life. And so the idea in the Hebrew Bible is like other people, gods and kings, claim the well, water comes from me. But the Bible is saying, no, life only happens from God. And water is needed. So water is to make clay. Um, it's not inevitable. It has to be a gift from God. Even our very, the, the very Adam has to come from God's gift through the Spirit. Um, um, in in this, this, this passage here, um, you know, God's creating a remnant seed in Isaiah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Isaiah. Isaiah is taking place in the time period when uh, they're. In exile, going into exile, and then like the first of Isaiah is like they're about to go into exile, being captured, and then then there's a, a back half that's they're in uh, in exile, and there's another part that's they're about to return, um, and so that's kind of Isaiah, and so this 44 takes place in the part they're in exile, and. Um, and, and in this passage, God is uh, saying, you're in Babylon, you're in exile, but I'm going to create, I'm going to form a, uh, a remnant, a seed that's going to go back to the promised land. Um, so he says, you know, um, listen, Jacob, my servant Israel. So he's talking to all of Israel right there, those who are, are, have stayed um, Yahweh who has made you, who the one who formed you. Um, but where am I? Okay, Israel, the one who has uh, Jacob, the one who has chosen. This is the one of Israel, your maker, the one who formed you. There's that word that formed you in the womb. This is the same uh, Yetzar. Uh, formed you from the womb. Um, he, God, will be your um, Ezer. Um, we haven't gotten there yet. Ezer is the word for helper. <laughs> um, this is, uh, Ezer is, uh, is what woman is to be um, in that, in Genesis, it's, a God, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs an Ezer. Um, so before you start saying, I mean, servant or anything like that, because that's been taught in history, the word there is helper. And here God is Israel's Ezer. So, uh, <laughs> so, 
So let's be careful what we do with that word. Uh, <laughs> um, we, we'll get there. We're not, we're not there yet. He says, don't, uh, don't be afraid, uh, don't be afraid, Jacob, um, my servant, um, upright one. Yesran means upright one. Um, um, whom I have chosen, I will pour out my water on my, my, my water on this dry ground. I'll pour out my, my breath, your, my, my spirit, my breath. The word there's ruach. My, my, it's the same word that when God breathes into the man's nostrils, it's the same word there. Um, I'm going to pour out my breath on your, your descendant. We use the word descendants. It actually, the word there actually means like seed, like the kind of seed you plant in the ground, um, which makes sense in English, right, that we use the word descendants. Um, so it means seed. Um, and you're going to, uh, and they're going to, uh, your blessings on your offspring, and they're going to uh, sprout like a tree. I've put my spirit on my... Uh, uh, my blessing on your offspring, your your seed. You're going to. I, I put my my the water is. I've watered them. I put my life. There's imagery straight from the book of, from Genesis chapter two in this, isn't there? He, Isaiah is pulling straight from this passage of Genesis. Um, I, there's you know I will pour water out on the dry land and the stream on the dry ground and. I'm going to form you. I'll pour out your breath on your seed and my blessing, and they're going to pop out like sprouts out of the ground. There's, there's that garden imagery in Isaiah. Um, Eden imagery applied right here. Um, so that the righteous remnant will come out of the land of death and exile and a new Eden, the new will return to the promised land. And that's the imagery that we're getting here in Isaiah. Uh, so all of a sudden, the story of the forming of humans in this dry ground, this mortality land is going to give, you have this water giving, this life giving, um, and like trees, they're going to, to, uh, to sprout. And we, was it last week we talked about how human beings are often referred to as like trees, like trees. Um, so yeah, so the steps, water plus dust equals clay, clay plus spirit equals human. And that sequence seems to be important throughout the Bible. That water mixes with the life-giving water, mixes with dust. Um, the mortality, and then we have the spirit, and equals human. Yeah. Uh, yes. We're not there yet. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you have uh, the spirit the breath of waters is an opening scene and, and um, and so this is a big part of the biblical uh, big part of the biblical imagination that um, that that God is going to bring this water of life 
And uh, that was from chaos, but God orders it because the waters, you know, the death waters are all of a sudden um, going to sprout out all over the surface um, and going to give, give life. Um, that's why every time when you read scriptures, like every time you, you, you see scriptures and you come across well stories, uh, how many of you guys can think of a well story right off the top of your head from the scriptures? Yeah. Women of the well, that's a, that's a popular one with Jesus, right? Uh, what about Jacob's well? Or how about Moses meets his Zipporah, his, his, his tweeter? Uh, tweeter, that's what Zipporah means. Uh, um, yeah, not like this tweeter. Um, <laughs> uh, that's X now. It's not even Twitter anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, but every time you see the the well stories in the scriptures, they're life stories. I mean, you think about okay, the one that automatically popped up in many of your minds, the Jesus and the woman of the well, right? You got this woman who's at the well. He's not supposed to be talking to her because she's a Samaritan. She's been living with five different men, you know. And there's but there seems to be more going on because people listen to her, so she's obviously you know. So it's not just she's a harlot, no one wants to talk to her. That's, there's something else going on there. But, uh, but um, though that has been how it's been painted in a lot of our, our history, uh, in our, our, our um, cultural looking back on it, but that's not, I mean, people listen to her, so there has to be something more going on in that story. Um, but she comes in and he talks to her and he talks about the one who's going to give life. Just like Jacob's well, who gives life, and that's Jesus Christ. Um, we have, every time we see well stories in the scriptures, you have like little Eden narratives where water mixes with our mortality, and God shows up and makes us better, us human, gives us life. Um, you know, and, and in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, water... Um, you know, they form a combined statement that God, Yahweh, has mastered the chaotic waters and turned them into a source of life. Um, and, um, and, and, and it begins not with, like, a cosmic garden, but, but just one spot. Uh, if you remember the geography of what's happening in this passage right here, um, there's a region called Eden, right? Um, and God plants a garden in Eden. And of course, in the middle of that garden, we'll get into that next week. Um, there's, um, you know, so there's a larger region, Eden. Uh, the, the word Eden means delight. Um, it's a delight. Apparently, it's a delightful place. Uh, so there's a reason called delight. And you know, the rest of it seems to be dry land. Uh, dry, you know. Um, but, but remember that. Where did God make mankind? Was it in Eden? No, it was in the dry land. It was in the dirt. And then he, 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 he lifts man out of there and 
plants him, puts him, noeks him, Noah's him, uh, rest him in the, the garden, in, in Eden. And, uh, that's, um, so unless you have water and spirit, there's no life. And no life, and, uh, and so without that, it's just a land of, of dust and more mortality. Um, so we can say that we look around, uh, not just Laughlin, we can look where we're in a desert, but, but we also look out at the people around us, the world around us, right? No, 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 no life from God, no, no, no river of life from God, no water from God, uh, the water that will, uh, will drink and not go thirsty. We go back to that woman in the well imagery. None of that, no spirit of God. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. We don't have that. There's no life. So it's just dust and mortality. So we look out there and we see people that are without. It's just dust and mortality. Yeah. <laughs> so when they say you're, you, I mean, and, 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 and it's just, and, and that's, and, and isn't that the image of hell that, I mean, I don't know the, the image of hell we get from, uh, you know, our, our TVs are like the, the fire and brimstones and the little pit guys with the pitchforks poking you in. Um, and one of them looks like Flanders, apparently. Um, um, but, um, but it's separation from God. There's a place where it's just dust and earth and, and no, no God, no spirit, no life. Um, whatever that looks like, there's... There's no life. Um, but you can, so you can get human, but only, only true life is, is and, and, and what we're looking for is, is so we can get human here, right? We can have the Spirit of God. We can have the, the lifeblood in Jesus Christ. But we're all, we're all waiting for that moment where we can be Noah once again, right? Put in that place of rest, because um, we're like living outside of Eden still and we're still trying to get back to that place of delight where we can find that rest um, you know I, I like how in Genesis chapter 2 he doesn't begin with just banishing non-life he, I mean, we know he's God he could do that right but Genesis chapter 1 he doesn't banish the sea, right? The chaotic seas. He just separates it, conquers it, orders it, uh, tames it for his purpose. Uh, the darkness on day one, he, he tames it for his, his purpose. He asserts control over it. Um, so you get this picture of Yahweh, not one who completely does away with all non-life or chaos, but one who makes it work towards his greater purpose. And I think we need to remember that as we're living a chaotic word, world, that he doesn't just do away with chaos. He, he can conquers it and he can use it. And that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt sometimes. Well, he can, he can use it. Um, and I think that's important for us to remember. I think the biblical authors, as they go throughout the scriptures, would have that in mind. That we always ask, we, you know, one of the uh, Euclid uh, and uh, 
you know, all the way from Euclid to, oh, what was that guy on TV I was watching the other day? Uh, a famous scientist, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Same, same, same logic. If there's a good God, then why do good, bad things happen to good people? He's, if he's all-powerful and all-good, then there should be no bad. Um, and I've heard that from all, you know, all the way through uh, history, you see the same logic. And, 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 and that, because that makes sense to us, that if there's a good God, that he would just do away with all bad things. But that's not what the Bible teaches us, that he tames chaos, he banishes darkness, but he also lets us fail. And we're going to read about uh, <laughs> the failure, um, you know? You know, because in Genesis chapter 1, uh, in the midst of the non-life, in, in the midst of the non-order, he commissions royal priests. Um, this, this, the imagery he's getting, um, he, God's representative partners, um, his image in Genesis chapter 1. Um, and then um, and then we we fail you know when I was thinking about this uh, just now when I was introduced to this it was like okay everything was like okay when I was introduced to it the idea that I had in my head when I was you know you know young kid or whatever and it was taught in, in my church this way um, and I think it's just because they hadn't really thought it out, you know. That's smart pastors, just, you know, it's the way they were taught, you know, hadn't thought it out. Um, you know, God, mankind was made in the Garden of Eden, because that's the kind of imagery that I was taught with. And then, um, you know, we were, the universe used to be perfect, according to the way I thought. You know, there was the perfect universe, and then two humans did something wrong uh, that introduced death, mortality. Um, and mosquitoes, um, basically anything that you know that uh, that's unpleasant, um, and it all entered at this because of this this point of a rebellion, uh, which eradicated goodness in the land, um, and and brought in sin and so on. Um, and like I said, I still f- see this sometimes when I preach because I still fall back on this because that's the way I was raised up, and I. Um, but that's not really the biblical story here. Um, the biblical story is, is um, God is, is, is creating a space. But the chaos is still out there. There was still desert. There was still dust. But he created a space of delight and put a garden in the place of delight for humans, um, so they were created frail, mortal creatures. Um, and the, you know, that's what dust represented. Um, and then he gave them an opportunity to be you know, human 2.0. More than that, better than that. 2.0, it means like the next version. Um, and so, um, and that's when they hang out in garden and, and uh, hang out in... Uh, in Eden, um, and not just in Eden, but in the garden in Eden, um, but not just in the garden in Eden, in the middle of the garden in Eden, <coughs> where they have the life. 
And there's kind of that scene design. And then there's that river. Remember that river? The one river that flowed, the, the, the ed um, that formed the clay. And it flowed out. And, it, and it, it, its, its heads, um, we use the word branches or arms or whatever. Uh, the Hebrew word uses the word heads. It uh, divides into four different, different rivers. Um, it's sourced um, out of the garden with the tree. Um, and um, and it, 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 it flowed. And as it was flowing out of Eden, out, out of the garden, out of the middle of the garden, out of Eden, it was bringing life with it. Um, to the four realms of the land, um, uh, namely to the east, where the Ishmaelites, the Mennonites, the Edomites, and uh, you know Egypt and and Assyria and Tigris. Uh, actually, next week I'm gonna I'll, I'll type all that up so we can see it um, <laughs> um, with the rivers. We'll, we'll we'll go back to the rivers. I just gotta remember to do that. Um, but you know. Um, Interesting enough, as the if we look at that list of, of rivers, the Israelites aren't mentioned in there uh, because they see themselves as being separate from the people around them. They see themselves as being separate from the rest of humanity. Um, the new family of a- 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 Abraham was the new Adam. Um, separate from the world. In uh, late Hebrew Bible per- biblical period, um, that like second temple buried people. Think about the time Jesus was written alive. Um, there are many clues that the Jewish readers understood that Adam and Eve are Israel. That's how they saw themselves. They're the Israel. They're 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 Adam and Eve. Israel is Adam and Eve. Um, and that when they fail, they are leaving. That's how they saw themselves. Um, by the, um, but that's let's that's that's. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, quite a few, quite a few years ahead of ourselves. Um, um, yeah. So, um, so the river is about God. He's he's funding um, existence to all the realms of the earth, and um, and the earth is going to do. Um, they're going to build empires and, and, and take advantage of the source of life and then they're going to hurt each other and so on. Um, so you could say, um, so here's the way I'm trying to change in my own thought. This is something I'm going through right now. Instead of talking about the fall of mankind, because like in my mind, that's kind of like they were perfect and then they fell. But that's not really the image that I'm using the word Failed. I think, um, because they were given this opportunity. They were created in the dust, right? And then they were planted in the, this place of life. And they were given this, this, this opportunity to be better. They were to be the image of God in this garden, in this, this center, in this... Um, And it, the idea of it was never realized. They, were, they, they, they had this chance to be, have eternal life right there with this tree of life. And, uh, 
and they failed. Uh, to me, that, that changes the way I, I read the Eden story. Um, the temptation story, the whole biblical story, it's, 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 um, it's, it's the idea that opposed to a perfect thing that was lost, and, and then we're re- trying to regain it, it's about an ideal that actually was never realized, and Jesus is the first realization of what was possible, but we never had. Jesus was the first realization of what was possible, eternal life, that we could have had, but, we, but, we, but it was lost. We, we failed. Actually, I don't think that's true. Let me tell you why I don't think that's true. Yes, that's the way I was raised. As there was some, no, you know, there's no killing, no, there was no predators, no praise. And let me tell you why I don't think that's true. Because there was this place of non-life outside of Eden. And so there could have been things that killed out there. You could have stole, you could have gotten sick and died out there. You were away from the source of life. You could have got COVID and died. Uh, outside there. But then they were planted in a place where that, none of that was there. And so they were rested in this place where, it's, yeah, where they had. And they had life. And there wasn't this killing and the, the struggle and the... And, and so when the curse happens, when they say, you know, like, hey, you know, Adam and Eve are never cursed in there. It's, you know what's going to happen? The ground's cursed. You're going to go to a place where there's, it, this isn't here. This isn't here. Uh, that's the actual curse. They were not needed no more. Um, uh, Eden, uh, the, the, the Eden... Uh, paradiso is the word for paradise, uh, heaven. Uh, I would say, is it physically the same place? Maybe, maybe not. But it represents the same place. It's the same thing. Where God is, the source of life, this is where God walks, that's heaven, right? Uh, so is it the same, like, do we say, is this literal, physical, the same place? Uh, but that's what we're striving for. We're trying to get back to that same injury. And actually, we'll talk about this again next week, I'm pretty sure. It'll, it'll come up again next week. But in Genesis, in Revelation, then Revelation, right? There's the same garden imagery at the end of there saying, we're trying to get back to this point where we're in this back of this, this garden imagery. That's where we're shooting for. And it's because when Jesus is fully recognized and, and the whole Revelation thing happens, however we want to interpret that one, Right? However, that plays out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's to get back to that that point. Uh, yeah, with Jesus Christ, we can get back to that that, that Eden spot because He's the one at the center. And I think that's really the the image that we're supposed to be seeing as we read Jesus as as Jesus is teaching. Um, and the, the, I think as, as Jesus saw himself and as, you know, the, the disciples afterwards saw Jesus as 
Jesus is the tree of life. He's the water. He's the one who gives water. He's that center item, you know, that thing in the center of the center of the center. That's Jesus. And so he's the one who gives, he's the, he's the life-giving tree. He's the water that they, where the water comes from. Um, interesting enough here, I'll give you something to ponder. Um, when Jesus dies, what comes out of his, when they poke him with a spear? Water. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't say blood. It doesn't say, it says water. So there's this, I mean, there's, the imagery is there. That he's the, the life-giving water. He's the... Uh, and, and people have tried to explain how that could have happened, you know, physically with all the, the science and stuff like that. And that's, uh, that's cool, and we can look at that, and it's fun. But that's not really the image. But the point of it was because they're making a point. Now, that would have been different. That's not where it's talking about. It's when they poke him with the spear at the end. Well, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they want to make sure he's dead, so they, they poke him with a spear, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> why don't you go find it? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd we go? That's way off topic. Uh, UFOs. Um, can UFOs exist? Well, sure. Could an alien? I mean, God is is great and create all kinds of things. Is that in the scripture? I don't think so. Uh, should we be concerned with that biblically? No. I don't. I, we read. We can. Lots of people read UFOs into this, and I have several. In very interesting books where they talk about UFOs in the Bible. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that was us. Okay, so in my opinion, this is me, my opinion. See, we killed God. Nietzsche says God is dead and we killed him. Nietzsche. He's a philosopher. Um, God is dead and we killed him. Well, we replaced him with science. Well, science is leaving us kind of empty and... And so well, we need something else other than science. We need something, but God, God's dead. So what are we looking for? Well, aliens. Uh, <laughs> aliens are doing it. And that's, uh, that's really what I think is going on here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, could aliens exist like, you know, UFOs and stuff like that? Sure, why not? I mean, God is big. He, he, the universe, he, he spanned the universe with the palm of his hand. And it, we know it's always growing and it's ever out there. And sure, it's possible. But is it something we need to be like, Concerned with? No. Well, Elohim are any spiritual beings. I would not say those would be like the aliens from the space. They're spirit beings. They're not from... If, if there's going to be... If we're going to make an argument at all, it would be from another dimension. The reality that we're not... That we can't, that we can't access. Because we're limited to our... You know, we... we there's an argument scientifically out there that there's like 10 dimensions mathematically. Um, but we can only, like, we only know like height, width, length, time, you know. 
uh, space and time. We, we can only experience so many, in many of these dimensions. So mathematically, they're saying there's more. But, so like, we might like say like Elohims are in a different dimension, if we're going to put it in scientific terms. But... Uh, Yeah, see, I wouldn't listen to her, okay? I would, I would just say that she's saying something that I wouldn't listen to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. All right, well, we're out of time. Um, so next week, we're going to talk about garden imagery. And I'll make sure we come back to those rivers, and we'll talk about those gardens